Hello everyone, welcome to the Frederick Riberson podcast, the podcast where I share insights into psychology, body-oriented therapy, cosmoenergy, a form of energy healing, and many ideas that I use in sessions with my clients, so that you too can benefit, get to know me a bit better, and sort out a number of situations in your life a little bit more easily. Uh, we're here now, uh, hosting uh, Fred Frederick Riberson uh, for a very interesting conversation. And the conversation has challenged us right now because we were just so in that what's happening, you know, <laughs> what the bleep is going on, <laughs> not, you know, figuring out the technicality of, uh, um, you know, the technology anyway. I always say the same, right? Every time before a live, I'm like, all right, trying to swim my, my sea around that. So welcome, uh, Fred, to the conversation of today. Welcome, community. Um, and uh, we're happy to have you. Uh, Fred is a collaborator um, offering Cosmo Energy uh, Mastery as well as, uh, as, uh, as a business and finance coaching. And... Um, we are here, and he is here today to talk about a very, um, I think, a crucial topic, which is uh, what the bleep is going on in the world, uh, what, what the bleep is going on within us, around us, in the environment, and multidimensionally, right? So having said that, um, what's your intake? <laughs> wow. So first of all, thanks for having me. It's great to be here. Great to be talking with you. Uh, so my take on it is quite contrary to, to, to what many people uh, say and hear. It is an absolute calamity what's going on. Some would call it a S show. I'm not going to say rude words. We don't know what the hell is going on. People are getting more sick. There's lockdown. There's release. There's second lockdown. There's a first wave, a second wave. Maybe it's the same wave. More people are getting sick. People are going out and partying anyway and then getting sick and they're demonstrating and then they get sick and they stay at home and they still get sick and people die and don't die and we have got no idea what is really going on. There's huge effect on people's health, of course, businesses which means at one point there's going to be a huge effect on people's livelihoods. Businesses don't know what the hell to do. They don't know if they should lay everyone off and shut down and just travel to a desert island somewhere and, and weather the storm. But they don't know if that's going to last for two months or last for two years. And we have never really been in this type of situation, not in our lifetimes. Um, I was the other day actually in the, the Second World War Museum in Gdansk in Poland, and I was just imagining what that was like. Um, even as a matter of fact, if you look back to the First World War, everyone was sure the First World War would be over in a few weeks, and it lasted four years. So it was not at all what people expected. And after the First World War, that's when they had the, uh, the, the I think it was the Spanish flu that killed even more people than the First World War killed, which is just just insane, absolutely insane. Um, yeah, it, it's, it really puts things into perspective. We've got no idea. And it's always easy in hindsight to think, oh, you know, First World War was four years, well, long time, but it's not that bad. And Second World War, it was, it was gruesome, but it was six years. And, but in, when you're in the middle of it, you've got no idea. And I think we have to remember, we've got no idea what the hell is going on. There's so much uncertainty in, in, in all ways, um, whether it's actually understanding what the virus does, why it kills certain people, uh, why does it function this way, is it mutating, can you get it a second time, are you immune, will there be a vaccination, will it work, will people be able to afford it, about businesses, will businesses survive? If businesses don't survive, well, at one point it gets complicated to put food on the table. Now, that's a problem. And when people can't put food on the table or pay their rent, that creates another problem. Fortunately, governments have been unbelievably uh, careful and generous with the, the, the measures they've taken to support the economy. So that's, well, reassuring um, that they're, you know, none of them probably are above criticism, but they've all done what seemed best at the time. And they've actually putting their money where their mouth is, which is great, which is a relief. 
and we don't know if it's going to work. And maybe they're overreacting. Maybe the lockdown is an overreaction. Maybe. But maybe it isn't. And maybe, well, you know, we'll see. And, uh, afterwards, well, we'll see. Maybe we won't. Maybe they did the right thing. Then everyone can complain that it was an overreaction. Yeah. But it's always this thing of we take one course of action and it works out. So we assume that the other course would never have happened or the alternative scenario would never have happened. And we don't know what it is. And hopefully we never know what it is. And we can just sit back and criticize the government for whatever they did that we disliked. So what is going on? It's, it's a hell of a mess. It's a real mess. And we try to keep our composure. We try to assume it's not that bad. We don't like being the one who's more afraid than others. Um, so we tend to minimize. And maybe we're right. Maybe we're not. Time will tell. Um, and yeah, we're in the middle of that. We're trying to navigate. We're trying to do the right thing. We see everyone else trying to navigate. And usually people have different perceptions than we do. And uh, it can be easy to criticize people who have a different perception because it invalidates ours, as it were. But we don't need other people to validate our perception. Everyone's doing their best. And hopefully we can work together as a community, help each other out. So as a community, we survive and thrive better than we would if we were just on our, on our own criticizing and complaining. Um, and hopefully there's a bit more compassion and empathy and solidarity and courage that comes out of this. It's interesting when you're saying about right and wrong, right? Because we're trying to kind of uh, look for the reason, the cause, the person who's creating this chaos and, and, and trying to blame someone and some, something somewhere. But then uh, it's a testing time to, uh, to see that we are all in this together and we're all involved whether we want it or not. And whether you want to, to understand and put the blame on someone uh, or yourself, it's not anyway going to help. Uh, and I think mm -hmm. we tested right now and it's because it's lasting longer than we kind of wanting, we, we had that hope or expectation that oh, it's, it's, it's just a spring time and then the summer yeah. And then the heat would come that to kill this, you know, nasty monster called the COVID-19 and things would come back mm -hmm. normal, like what's normal. And it's now yeah. not happening, right? So, oh, what's next? Uh, so now mm -hmm. it's the politics and the economy and everything else. Um, That's true. And yeah, we, we, you know, it, it can be pleasurable to shift the blame, to find someone to blame. But honestly, what does it change? If you go, oh, it was invented in a laboratory. Okay, what does it change? If you go, oh, the government should have done that. Sure, but they didn't. So what are we going to do about the current situation? That's the only question that matters. And then once everything is sort of back into stability, then it's more about what can we learn from what we did? Um, so it was done in a lab. Okay, then let's just, just now if it was done in a lab, then maybe we need to be more careful with labs. If it came from people eating wild animals or having crazy conditions and wet markets, then maybe there's something to be done there. Um, we'll, we'll see. We'll work it out as, as, a, as a species. We'll work it out as best possible when it's time to do it. In the meantime, shifting the blame doesn't change the situation at all. Absolutely. It's actually inviting us to, you know, to come back to, to this uh, transactional therapy that you, you do uh, about the blame game, yeah, of the judge and the victim and Mm -hmm. and, all, and most of the relationships are like let's say 99 of them are stuck in this lame game of uh, you 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 and then you know judge and victim position and that's yeah. the problem that's that's, that's true and we, we, collective, just to elaborate like maybe the collective mm -hmm. because it's in the collective we're all this like we're all involved mm -hmm. in this so the collective is just testing us and to to take and take it from a very personal individual perspective and see mm -hmm. what's in it, what's in me that it's that I'm, that cre creating this chaos because I'm part of it, whether I, I know it or not. Mm -hmm. what's yeah. Thing? No, that's, uh, that, that, that's very true. And it's easy for us to be stuck in the, the motion where we delegate responsibility to someone else. You know, hopefully governments will do and hopefully spring will come and whatever. And it's like, you know, we, we can live that way if we'd like. But governments are people, and they're doing their best, and they don't have superpowers. They might be, some of them, some people really smart and well-intentioned and competent, and they're human beings. And I think the best we can do is remember that 
they're doing their best uh, in all circumstances. It's actually one of the basis of um, systemic psychology. Everyone does their best in all circumstances. Doesn't mean it's good enough. It means they're doing their best. Then we can always have a bit of gratitude that they are doing their best and not less than, than their best. Um, and yeah, if, if governments make a mistake, you know, they made a mistake. So it's like if somebody makes a mistake and it means that I cut my foot off, I can blame them, but I've still lost my foot. You know, so blaming doesn't really change very much. Um, I was actually earlier on at a, at a lake close by that is that many people go to, but the government hasn't officially let people go there because it's not fully secured. So some people swim close to the rocks and sometimes rocks fall down and sometimes people get a big rock on their head and they die. So there's one guy going by on a paddle boat saying, remember, you're not allowed to be here. So just be careful because if anything goes wrong, you're the one suffering. And it's, uh, it's a great, great reminder in these circumstances. Um, if, if someone catches COVID, you know, I can blame whoever. If I catch COVID, I caught it. I can blame whoever I want. I still caught it. Blaming doesn't change anything, apart from helping me feel that the world is really unfair. It's like, yeah, we know it. Um, that shouldn't be a surprise anymore, that the world is unfair. If a wolf bites my hand off, I can say it's unfair, but I can't play guitar anymore. So <laughs> yeah. it doesn't really help. Absolutely. What's your understanding of the situation, the overall situation as a person in this 3D reality and as well as a professional? Mm -hmm. I think it's a, a really, well, it's really unique, um, it's really interesting situation. First of all, it's taken away the number one excuse people have for not doing stuff, which is, I don't have time. And it's like, you don't have time? Well, we're going to lock you in your flat for three months. <laughs> and we're going to see what you do. And then people go, I'm bored. I'm tired of Netflix. It's like, you said you didn't have time to, you know, learn Russian. Well, that's nonsense. No, it's just that you don't want to. And that made all of these lies, life lies, really apparent. Uh, you know, I want to do X, but I don't have time. Now you've got time. If you're not doing it, you just enjoy saying that you want to do it and not doing it. And that's part of your, you know, persona that you put on. Um, I remember actually someone I, I knew who turned out to be very toxic who always complained that if only he'd have a guitar, he'd learn to play the guitar. So I learned him a guitar. And three years later, he'd never played it. So that's like, that's nonsense. Absolute nonsense. Um, so that's really, really interesting. Then something else that's really interesting also, given that there's so much uncertainty, I don't think we're, we're really going to go back to how things were before is uh, as a concept I'd like to share with you. Most of you possibly have some familiarity with video games where you play a character and the character's got some characteristics in terms of strength, uh, courage, speed, um, abilities, magic abilities, whatever it might be. Um, whatever the game might be, you've got these characteristics. And here the concept is, first of all, with whatever characteristics you have, try to level up as much as you can. Because as you progress in different levels, you need more skills, more competences. Typically, you can't have all of them, so you have to choose. So first of all, you want to make sure you've got nothing that makes you too much of a target. Anything that's below the minimum you need, you want to level up. So here I use um, um, a tool which is measure it between 0 and 10. 0, you have no skill. 10, your masterclass. So most of us are somewhere between zero and 10. There's a certain level which is the minimum you need, below which the problems. For example, if you have troubles being assertive and you're at one or two or three, you're too much of a people pleaser and you're a pushover. So if you're threatened to lose your job, if you're trying to get a job, if you have to do anything that requires assertiveness, being at one, two or three out of 10 is going to be a real problem. It's going to be really tough. That might only work if you want to believe that the universe will take care of you and someone somewhere will work things out and, the, and life is fair. And that probably is not going to be happening now. So assertiveness is one skill you really want to level up. You don't need to be at 10 out of 10 or even 9 or 8, but probably 3 is too little. So think about that. What is the minimum you need to avoid having massive problems because you're too weak? And then what is the good level to get? And you can look at the different skill sets you have. 
Just go, you know, one by one and assess them. That's something you can do yourself. Um, so you want to you level up as much as possible to avoid any form of weakness. And <clears throat> this would typically be, you know, fear of uncertainty. If you're too afraid of uncertainty, you either, you, well, you, you enter fight, flight, freeze, fawn mode. That's not great. Fighting usually isn't the ideal option. Running away sometimes isn't possible. Freezing isn't great. And fawning isn't wonderful either. So you need to, you need to work on this. And then you, um, what is it? Scott Adams, the cartoonist, talks about um, the deck of skills. So we don't have to have all skills in the, in the world, but if we have enough skills where we're good enough, we know that we're relatively independent and we can pretty much cope with uncertainty. So, you know, we, we've gone through about three months, four months of weird stuff now. This gives us a good idea of what do we need to level up? What skill set do we have? Deck of skills that is good enough and what is lacking to really feel comfortable. Uh, like if, you, if, you're, well, if you're not employed, are you worried about your cash flow? Let's say that you're a freelancer, you run a business. Are you worried about that? You know, probably. So what can you do? If you are employed, are you worried about keeping your job? If you are and you lose your job, what do you do? If you're not comfortable in all of these scenarios, you're a number one target for having problems and you don't want to be a target. If your boss comes to you and says, you know, we're going to make you redundant, you can be really upset, you can panic, you can beg. But if you turn around and go, no, okay, cool. I, I mean, I don't care. I'm just curious. How are you going to manage this problem that is going to come up when I'm no longer there? You're in a much better position to have the boss go, yeah, we didn't think about that. Or for example, to say, you know, I see you've made up your mind. It's impossible that you change your mind on this. So generally the people will say, well, no, it's not impossible. It's just that there's this consideration. But that requires equal to equal negotiating. So that's one way to really level up is figure out how to negotiate you know, as an equal to equal, adult to adult. Figure out what you're, what you're providing that is really valuable and not be afraid. And I know how scary it is when somebody says, you know, we think of making you redundant. If you're afraid of that, that comes true. It's, it's horrible in the best of cases, in the best of times. But now during COVID, like, what do you do? If you're in Dubai and you're an expat and you lose your job, what do you do? You stick around, you look for another job. My understanding is the job market is pretty tricky. Or you go back, back home. But are you really willing to go back home? And then there's all of the, the doubt. If I, I can go back, but then my life is here. But what about my children? What about this? My friends and the house? And that's not a good place to be in. So, um... To me, it's, it's just a really interesting time to level up. Level up as much as possible. Find your weaknesses. Invest in yourself. You know, if, you've, if you claim you don't have the money, do you need your car, the second car? Do you really need Netflix? Important questions. You know, is this the right time? Maybe this is the time to invest in yourself a bit more. I mean, if, if it isn't now, if it isn't now, when are you going to do it? And if it isn't now, when are you going to need it as much as now? There's this chicken and egg situation right now with people yeah. being a little bit more skeptics about their, you know, spending and wanting to save as they don't know. And this uncertainty is inviting them to, you know, take like economical uh, initiatives. But then on the other hand, as you're saying, if you're not investing on yourself or you're not seeking that help that you need, because sometimes it's easy said than done when you're in the emotion you are not in that you know, clarity, space of clarity to make sense of it and, and take the best decision and make the right move. So how exactly. do you do that? And what's your say about that? Like how can you have people like that? Well, first of all, my, my say is um, not everyone needs it. That's why I say assess where you're at. If you're at a good enough place and life is showing you that you're managing well enough, that's fine. Then you're at a good enough place. If you're still getting situations that you would have preferred to avoid, but you're not sure what you should have done to avoid them, or you're getting them again and again and again, evidently you're not learning. So what are you going to do about it? You can hope that it goes away, but that hope is usually a rather bad strategy, or you can do something about it. And usually the way I, I, I'd see things is, if you know what your goal is, and it's important to know what your goal is, and a, a good therapist or coach should help you 
clarify what your goal really is, the real goal. Um, you know, the, somebody might say, I want to negotiate better with my boss, but like what is un beneath that and beneath that might simply be security. Like, okay. So it's more about finding security and how do you do that? Um, but, uh, yeah, how you, how you, how you approach it. I think if you think this is what I want to achieve, how much would I be willing to pay if I was able to achieve it? And then all of a sudden you start determining a real budget. And the real budget should be, this is the result I want. This is the money I'm willing to put in to get the result. Um, and then you negotiate, you know, then you, then you see who can help you and why they think they can help you. And are you convinced that they can help you? And don't delegate, just challenge it. I mean, if you're a client challenge, it's important uh, to really be on board. If you have doubts, mention the doubts, bring it up. That's really important. Um, then yeah, the, the, the ways to help people. Uh, it's interesting you say that because the, the, the program that we put together for this next month with trainings with Just Be is, is sort of the, um, the ways I think I can contribute or the things that helped me that I would like to be getting if I was not myself these days. So first of all, I, did a, uh, I prepared a workshop about managing a business, sustainable business, which is great if you are a freelancer, if you're running a business, if you're employed and thinking of starting a business or you want a backup plan in case you lose your business, that's really important. The easiest way, quickest way to earn money is sell services. It's not find employment. Finding employment takes time and then you negotiate and then it's, it's complicated. With employment, you get a lot, a lot of advantages. You know how much money you're earning? You're getting sick leave, holidays, and you don't have to worry about the cash flow. That's somebody else's problem but they take a big commission and it takes a while to get a job and you have to interview and you don't know, you might end up working with an idiot. Whereas if you run your own business, then you, then you choose your clients, which is a much better place to be in. So that's one, one way of doing it. Another thing I've got a workshop on uh, recognizing toxic people and toxic behaviors because the things are complicated enough. And if we have toxic people in our life, to me, it's a bit the equivalent of, Wanting to climb the Everest with a broken glass in our boots, uh, it's just going to be unpleasant at every step that we take. So this is a really good time to just get rid of toxic people. Um, you know, just let them go. Accept that they, they choose their behavior. And if it doesn't work for us, then we don't feel like sticking up with it. And it's fine. If it works for them, then it's okay. And uh, yeah, being, being aware of the toxic behavior so we can let go of those and people, you know, just overcome them, but be ready to, to, to walk away. That's also a good way to reestablish balance in a rela any relationship. If both parties are willing to walk away, then you can start creating a healthy relationship. If one party needs the other one, then it's codependent and that's not healthy. And uh, so that's one, two. Another one I have is about managing time, money, and energy better. Um, the idea is basically managing time, money, and energy doesn't solve your problems. But if you manage any of them badly, it creates a whole bundle of unnecessary problems that make your life really, really difficult. So that's another thing. If we remove those issues, everything becomes much easier. And then the last one is about uh, self-coaching and navigating our lives. Uh, the idea there is when we're faced with situations such as COVID, such as employment, freelancing, difficult partners, um, difficult and just difficult situations, if we have the tools to navigate it ourselves, we're not dependent on someone else. We can solve some of the situations ourselves. And then when people come to us with their own problems, we learn how to help them navigate themselves more easily without getting sucked into those relationships. So that's a, it's a, a summary of all of the tools that I use that are the most relevant. Um, you know, it's the, the, after doing a lot of training, a lot of, spending investing a lot of money on training this is everything condensed into roughly a day so two half days um so yeah that's my that's my contribution well, um, that, that actually brings the next question on board and how how your tools has helped you through your own uh mm. as an individual being you know the prof professional that you are how your professional tools has helped you as an individual in this yeah so uh it's been it's been on different levels. I mean, on the one hand, the situation shows me to what extent, even when we have the tools, we still have blind spots. And 
it's just made it much easier for me to more rapidly think, oh, this is what I'm doing. This is what's happening. Uh, recognize the emotions I was getting, be able to put words to them, adapt my behavior to the situation. So, so one thing that happened was uh, when COVID was starting, not knowing how long the lockdown would be, thinking, I'll take the worst case scenario and I'll make sure that I'm okay with that. So anything that happens that's above the worst case scenario is a pleasant surprise. So that was, that was one way of approaching it. Um, with the other tools that I use, a part of it, part of the work I do is rational. Like I mentioned, we're between zero and 10 and measuring things, explaining things, understanding dynamics. Another part is working with emotions. So recognizing the emotions I was having that helped me understand how I was reacting to situations. And I see emotions as being really a dashboard to, to how we react to situations. Uh, and I use quite a bit of Cosmo energy on myself to, to clean myself, to release some of the emotions, to rebalance uh, energy, to see when, when I had emotions that were trapped, I was able to just work on myself and, uh, and cleanse that. Um, so it was a huge time saver. And yeah, then, then also, I think it's, it's always humbling to go through this because we realize that regardless of the experience we have, we're always learning. We always have blind spots. Even if we know what we should do, it doesn't mean that we're doing it. And uh, um, I, I know when people work with professionals, it's easy to put them on a pedestal and think that they've got everything figured out all the time. And I know some professionals like to give that image because they think that's what being a professional is. And I think it's nice to, to remember that we're all doing our best. And yeah, and to have people, you know, when it's actually been a nice thing to work via Zoom because you go more into people's homes. And so there's much less of a mask. And so when people can say, oh, so you're, you also struggle with certain things, like, yeah, of course I do. You know, it's not about me now because it's about you, but now I get it. Sometimes, and sometimes I mention anecdotes about, you know, you think that this is unique. Well, this is how I reacted. What, you say, of course, of course, we're just human. We're all doing our best. We're all in this together. Absolutely. Tell us a little bit more about the Cosmo Energy for those who have never experienced it and what brought you to this uh, yourself. Tell us about your journey as a person. Yeah, sure. So Cosmo Energy is uh, similar to Reiki. Some people might have heard of Reiki. Reiki is one energy channel that floats around us and people can be attuned to it to run it through someone else. And the channel has got its, sort of its, uh, its own intelligence. It cleans people out, it removes blockages. Cosmo Energy uses the Reiki channel and uses about uh, 65 other channels um, that, are, that each do their own thing. So some work with different parts of the body. Uh, I work a lot with one that cleans out blood, um, removes impurities from, from blood, but also helps emotions come out. Uh, there are other channels that work with different, different organs. Um, some work with yeah, different organs. Some work with cleaning out uh, even spirits and entities, uh, removing spells, magic, bad luck, whatever it might be. Uh, and yeah, it's, it's, it's a very, um, there's also, yeah, rejuvenation for women, rejuvenation for men. Um, I've actually been working recently with a few people with whom, so normally when I work, I do a combination of Cosmo Energy and talking. If I work in person, I work with a body, I press the body. If I do it via video, I do Cosmo Energy and talking. And I've been working with a few people with whom it's only been Cosmo Energy. Uh, we don't necessarily really speak the same language, so I just do my thing. And the results have been remarkable. Um, people, one, one guy was saying that in terms of energy, he went from one out of 10 to six out of 10. So every session, he basically goes up one notch. Another person was saying that for the first time in decades, she's been feeling happy and light. So part of it is with her, there's a bit of talking, but a lot of it is just cleaning out, removing things. Mm. So yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's surprising. It's been surprising to see it's been this effective via video. I'm used to working in person with people, but it's yeah, mind-blowing. Um, so that's, that's been a lot of fun. And that's part of the work I do. So part of it is Cosmo Energy. Another part is more traditional coaching slash therapy. I like combining the two because I find that when the Cosmo Energy works on the body and the emotions and we work with the head, we unblock the head a bit, uh, we help the head relax a little bit, then more things come out. And as they come out, 
different thoughts come. So it's an interesting balance between understanding and rationality and sometimes just letting go. And sometimes when we let go, we don't need to think that much anymore. And sometimes understanding, we understand something, it clicks, and there's a big sigh, and the corresponding emotion gets released. So that's a, it's a fun way to work. Uh, yeah, so there's Cosmo Energy, uh, the, the um, regular coaching. When I work in person with people, I also do body-oriented therapy, where there's the idea that emotions get stored in parts of the body. If we release those blockages, those tensions, Emotion goes out, and then things flow more naturally. And yeah, that's that's a big part of what I do. Then another side of what I'm doing is also business coaching, uh, which I, I find. You know, the wow that I uh, felt when I first met you, and you told me about your profile, I, I saw it uh, as a fascinating thing to to have a finance background, a very business rational background, hence. In addition, uh, adding on the uh, the energy healing, and these two worlds seem to be so much apart. Uh, whereas they could be really working together. Um, and uh, your profile is basically to unite all these these two worlds that you master so well, and to come up with uh, you know workshops and tools that can you know help you. Mm -hmm. Because these are like, if you put them together, then definitely they, the productivity, the effectiveness, the, uh, the growth um, in, in, in this uh, human experience becomes so, so interesting. So tell us how it came to you. Uh, tell us about your story and your journey. Sure. Yeah, well, I think, I think there's, there's a lot more in common than people think. Uh, on the one hand, when we talk about emotions and body, we, like with the work I do, a lot of it is finding blockages, releasing the blockages so things can just flow. With business, um, people have so many, so many preconceptions about business and about money and so many blockages. And I, when I work with people with the blockages, they'll have resentment and not want this. And I think like profit is bad. And they, there's so much being projected onto it. It's like people saying sadness is a negative emotion. It isn't negative. It's just unpleasant. It's not negative. It's very useful very helpful, very beautiful when we understand it. When it, when it comes to business, it's, it's very simple. If we want to run a business, either we can help people or we can't. If we can't help people, we have a very unsustainable business idea, so we shouldn't be doing it. Because then what, people are going to pay us because we need money? Well, that's selfish. It shouldn't be about us. But if I can help people and I'm not charging enough, at one point, I'm going to have to find another job. If my business isn't sustainable, at one point, I need to find a way to earn a living so I'm not starving, so I'm not living under a bridge, so I can actually have, you know, not freak out if I get sick, so I can take holidays and be relaxed because otherwise I'm going to burn out, so I can, one day I can have a pension. And it should be interesting enough that I'm not just going for a corporate job because otherwise I go for a corporate job, good for me, and then what do my clients do? What do they do? Like that would be unbelievably selfish of me. So what I see with business is if we, and usually what happens is people don't understand it. People who explain it generally don't explain it well because they don't understand it well. And I've, I've seen so many times business coaches will say, oh, but you need to do X, Y, Z. And I'll just look at them and go, I know what you're talking about, but I don't understand the words you're using. And you're asking people to pay you to explain a concept that I understand. When I hear you, it confuses me. Like, you don't know what's going on. I see that also, so I worked in finance for a long time. When people talk about the stock market and investment funds and, and, and all of that, which I know inside out, I was doing marketing of that for a long time, so I know how to explain it. And you go, you're not, you don't actually understand what you're talking about. So, but you're explaining to people, I'm confused, therefore they will be confused. They're gonna make wrong decisions. But just how about make it understandable for everyone? Uh, but that, of course, means understanding it ourselves at the beginning. So when it comes to business, I find the concepts are not that complicated. The business plan is not complicated. A business model is not complicated. The branding and positioning is not really complicated. Uh, and as soon as it's clearly understood and we can say it in our words, everything's clear. And then it's about the only question is, do people need my service or not? And if they do, can I charge a fee that is fair for everyone and doesn't mean that I'm going to starve? 
and up to me then to decide. Like, if I want to be, I don't know, a Thai masseuse, and I'm just like every other Thai masseuse, I can't earn a living because I'm not going to be as good as the people charging a fraction of what I'm charging. So I shouldn't do it. But if there's anything I can be doing that makes people life better, then I should be doing it. Because if I don't make their life better, their life isn't being better. And therefore, it's really selfish of me. I'm depriving them of a better life because I'm not working on myself. So in, these, in both cases, if we remove the blockages, things should just flow. It should be straightforward and easy and in humanity's best interest. So that's to me how the two, the two come together. Um, then very quickly about, about Cosmo Energy and how I integrated it. I, I, I was in, on holidays in Kazakhstan and I got up to a, a fe beautiful festival in the mountains where there was a tent full of people who were screaming and crying and shouting. And I looked at them and I thought, oh, that seems interesting. Um, you know, as a, let's say, West, mainly Western cultured person, to be expressing emotions so explicitly is not something I'm used to. Um, so I thought it'd be interesting to try. So I, I worked with them and they, they did amazing work. They released anger or sadness that I had inside of me since I was 11. Uh, when my grandmother died, and my parents tried to help me and said, it's really sad, try not to think about it. And so I was, became very good at pushing all the emotions inside, keeping them stuffed down, and that was all, all in my body. So um, yeah, then my, my life was lived largely to avoid these emotions bubbling up. So I'd avoid confrontation because I knew that my anger was enough to rip someone's head off if it came out. I avoided sadness, I avoided plenty of things. Uh, and they just pulled it out, and then it was it was really life changing. It's like somebody hit a reset button, and I went back to being myself. Um, and so for me, when they suggested that I go and train with them, it was a no brainer. It's like I want I want I want to learn this stuff. Um, it felt a bit like Star Wars meets Harry Potter meets um, I don't know what, but uh, yeah. Yeah, but having having that opportunity was just a no-brainer. So I, I, I trained in Cosmo Energy. Um, I can tell from my own experience with you, it was uh, it was pretty much uh, interesting. Um, and if I may add on and you know add value to the community, I don't really see many people unless it feels right in my heart, and it uh, it immediately felt right. I like the way. Um, and the approach that it doesn't, you know, address the mind. It's directly, um, you know, traveling through the body with few energy points that you basically touch. It doesn't have to be through touch, as you were saying. You can do it at a distance um, or hands-on. And for my, in my case, it was hands-on, and it was incredible because sometimes the mind with all the filters, with all the you know, analytical mind coming across the way, you don't really reach out to the core of it. Uh, but with Cosmo Energy, it was like, there is no, we're not asking you questions. I'm just going to allow it to come out. And even if you're trying to make sense of it or try to control it, it doesn't work because it simply is, it's happening. The process is just allowing it to happen and you're just observing what's, what's your body is all about and what's your body is uh, carrying. So I, I find, I found it fascinating. It, uh, it was, it was really a, a very, very powerful work, I may say. To me, it's, it's, it's so interesting because if, like, if we go to the dentist and we need some work done on a tooth, it's painful, but we know the tooth needs the work done. If we have these things stuck inside the body, we, the brain rationalizes what it is and because of X, Y, Z, and the brain comes up with explanations for how, for why things are the way they are. And we're taught to do this as a child. You know, we ask parents for explanations and they give us whatever explanation they, they come up with, usually to, to make us be quiet because they themselves don't know. And they want to be, um, they want to be reassuring. And, uh, and so we, we get used to trying to figure out something that seems to make sense because maybe that's, maybe that's the way things are. And here it's just very simple. Like, if it's painful there, you have fear. Okay, so if you've got fear, what do you want? You want to keep it inside or should we get it out? If we get it out, we just get it out. The anger is here. If we want to get it out, we get it out. Will you enjoy living with anger? It's like, no, I don't. So what do you want to do? Maybe I can do that. It's not going to work. Or it's going to take ages. Here it takes a few, a few seconds. Um, 
it reminds me there was a, a funny video of a couple talking and this girl is explaining these things and feel like a pressure. And then we see from the other side and she's got a nail in her head that's sticking out. And he's going, you have a nail in your head. She goes, but you're not listening. I want sympathy. Goes, but maybe if you took the nail out, it would solve it. You're always focusing on finding solutions. You're not listening to me. And, and I mean, the, the, the sketch is quite funny. And in this case, it's, it really feels like just pull the nail out. And otherwise, we're going to be rationalizing. Why do I feel this pressure? Why, is, why are things this way? Sometimes it's just like having a nail in the head and just pull it out and things will be fine. And usually when, it, when it's the case, then we don't rationalize as much. It's like, oh, now that it's gone, I don't even want to think about it anymore. That's it. It's out of my way. <laughs> yeah, problem solved. Yes, yeah. It makes sense of my life. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's much easier. So yeah, I find it. I find it really. I find it works well when I work with people to combine the rational and the more emotional, energetic, because they they all serve a purpose. Uh, the the mind likes to understand and can create a lot of noise. And when we're able to give some level of explanation to the mind, such as you know. If somebody is, let's say, reacting, well, I'll give you an example. Last night I was walking back. There was a girl lying in the street, a whole bunch of people lying around her, and everyone was very agitated. And so I say, oh, let me have a chat with her. Luckily, she spoke some English. And she was basically having some kind of panic attack. So I explained to her what fear was, that we feel there's a threat to something, you know, physical threat or emotional threat. And so we're reacting because we feel overwhelmed. And she goes, yeah, that's what's happening. And her stress level, every time I put words onto it, just dropped. I did Cosmo Energy. So she breathed out a little bit, it dropped. We spoke a bit, it dropped. Did some more work and it kept dropping every time. When things had dropped physically, I spoke a bit. When she was processing the ideas, I did more energy work. And every time was dropping until she felt okay to get up and go on. So. As long as it works, as long as it works fine, and we're cleaning things out, then it's good. That's beautiful. Having said that, Fred, how could you, I mean, if you can share as a professional, self-help mm -hmm. um, tools um, to help the community navigate through the time that uh, we're going through? What would sure. What these tools that you'd like to share? Um, I'd say one of the main tools is understanding the emotions that we have and their function. Uh, for that, I recommend going to the website, which is atlasofemotions.org. So atlasofemotions.org. Maybe we could send a, yeah, a link mm -hmm. later. Yeah, that was created by Paul Ekman, who is the, one of the world specialists, leading specialists in emotions and lie detection. Um, I did a course on, on, I followed a course on his method for lie detection. And on that website, he explains most of the emotions, what their function is and the different intensities of the emotion. So whatever we're feeling, if we understand the emotion and the intensity, it makes it easier for us to understand our reaction to the situation. So it can be going, you know, your, you, your spouse, I don't know, forgets to buy broccoli and you get upset. So there's anger. There's anger because you had a goal and there's an obstacle. Maybe your goal was to be able to cook a nice healthy meal for everyone and you put effort into it, and because they forgot, for whatever reason, you have to improvise something which changes all of your planning for the evening, and that creates a certain level of stress. As soon as we understand it, there's not so much anger against the person, it's more like, oh, this is how I'm reacting to the situation. The person's forgetfulness means I need to adapt. So, you know, what can I do? Well, maybe I can do a better list next time, maybe it's going to be fine, but usually just by understanding it, stress levels go down. Um, so with emotions, that's, that's one thing. Another thing is use a, as, figure when it's relevant to use the zero to 10 to count things. So for example, anger levels, are you a 10 out of 10 or eight out of 10 or six out of 10? Monitor change. If you go from six to five, it's going down. You know, is it better to go from six to five or from eight to, to, to six? Um, it sort of is irrelevant, but you can see which way you're going, you can assess how things are. Um, 
Yeah, remember that remember that the only person with skin in the game in your life is you. So it's like saying, I delegate to someone else the responsibility of if I put my hand on a frying pan and it's burning, it's their fault. So I'm still feeling the pain. So remember that if you're the one feeling the pain, take responsibility for reacting to the pain in the right way and maybe trying to avoid it. But just take your responsibility. Our, our responsibility in life is seldom 10 out of 10 or 100%. And it's usually not 0%. It might be 1% or 2% or 3%. Whatever it is above zero, that is what we can focus on to make a change. And even if it's only 1%, that 1% makes such a big difference. Um, there was a book by, I think her name is Edith Eager, about living in concentration camps during the Second World War. And she was saying that the big difference between those who survived and those who didn't was the mindset, was the people who had curiosity, who accepted how things were, and decided to take it as an experiment to survive, basically. Um, and maybe that's a really good book. So I haven't read it, but it's been recommended. Maybe that's a really good book to read in these circumstances. Um, and that's also, yeah, something is, I was actually talking with, with a friend who was saying that it's really difficult to make decisions these days. I was like, why? We've got far fewer options than before. So it should be much easier. Because yeah, but they took all these options off the table. It's, like, it's irrelevant. They're gone. You know, sure, maybe you want to travel to, to, to Hong Kong now, Australia, but you can't. So what are you going to do? Now, options have been narrowed down, so it should be much easier. And uh, so she laughed and said, yeah, actually, from that point of view, it is much easier. It's just, I miss all the other ones. Like, mm, of course you do. We all do. But they're gone for now. Maybe they'll be back one day. We don't know. Maybe not. Um, so I think those are a few, a few things that should be, should be helpful. And then I think another, actually, just really important stuff, um, which anticipates on my time, money, energy thing, but figure out how to respect yourself as much as possible. And respecting yourself is doing things that give you energy. Uh, typically, sleeping well, eating real food. Oh, by the way, there's something about the leveling up. If you don't know how to cook, now's the time to learn how to cook. Like, really, you can eat real food, healthy food, you control your budget much better, and you can make sure you've got the proper nutritional intake. Cut out processed food as much as possible. It's expensive, it's full of sugar, it's unhealthy, it's not satisfying. Cut it out, get healthy food, practice your cooking. You know, if you've got a family, make it a family thing. That's so much fun. It's so helpful and healthy for the kids to learn to do that and to learn how to, to, to prepare a meal. And view it as some kind of you know uh, experience. Um, so that's part of the, the the respecting yourself. Enough sleep, healthy food, drink enough water, um, hang around positive people. Positive, you know, yeah, positive people. It's time to to level up as much as you can, and that can be choosing what you read efficiently, uh, minimizing screen time. Screens should be there for producing things, not really for consuming content. Producing. Thinking you do it with pen and paper, best way to think. Um, limit your social media time. Anything that creates dopamine, limit that as much as possible because that's just something that, uh, that makes things more complicated and is addictive and prevents happiness. Dopamine prevents serotonin. Serotonin makes us happy and dopamine is, is pleasure. So limit the dopamine bit, maximize the serotonin. And um, yeah, maybe... Maybe one other thing I thought that came to me during the, the coronavirus was, you know, imagine that, imagine that things get really bad. Think of whom you would have wanted to fix things with and fix those things. And can be people you haven't spoken to in a long time, you fill out with, provided they are not toxic, provided they are not narcissists. And it's just, uh, you know, a misunderstanding or some tension. Just solve, sort it out. Sort it out. It requires courage. But if you imagine that you find out that they passed away and you didn't do it and you regret it, do it. You know, they can, they can refuse. But if they accept, you might all be a little bit lighter, a little bit less stressed. And if you can be at peace with everything ending 
as things are, you know, roughly today, then everything else is a bonus. You know, it's like, hey, the world didn't end. We're here for another 40 years. Hey, woo, that's going to be cool. Much better than carrying the baggage with us for, for another 40 years and having the resentment and pain and all of that. And um, yeah, there's a... Level up. Exactly. Level up. Level up in courage. That's it. Level up in courage. It's so important. That was beautiful, Fred. It's been uh, about an hour. Um, oh, already? Wow. You're yeah. good at making me talk. I haven't seen the time. I'm a bit concerned about just the technicality of uh, if it was live uh, all this all throughout. We'll see what mm -hmm. uh, haven't gone on. Um, it is live. Yeah, I can see Audrey saying so. Okay, excellent. So, great. Uh, it was, it's been a pleasure. Um, yeah, shared pleasure. Thank you. You know, receiving all this wisdom from you, uh, very inspiring. And if you want to know more uh, about Fred's work, he's uh, very active with us over the summer. So we invite you to, um, to tune in and connect. He's also available for private sessions. I really highly recommend it. I've been through the experience and I really enjoyed it and, and uh, benefited so much of it. Um, and uh, let's keep in touch. Uh, more lives are coming up uh, by uh, by Fred. Um, all is there in uh, in our uh, website as well as uh, uh, digital marketing. So thank you for your attention and stay tuned. All the best. Thank you, Fred, uh, for your time and your wisdom. And stay in touch. Thank you for having me. All the best, everyone. Thank you. Thank you. Bye.